Welcome to this edition of Agro-Africa, coming to you from Channel Africa, the African Perspective, in Johannesburg, South Africa. In this edition of our program, we'll take you to Bonn, Germany, where the COP23 conference, United Nations Conference on Climate Change, is taking place. We hear a report by the African Civil Society. We hear a report by the African Civil Society led by the Pan-African Climate Justice Coalition. In the Agro interview of the week, we hear about the 5th African Goat Improvement Network workshop that recently took place in South Africa, hosted by South African Agricultural Research Council. So stay tuned. When the United States President Donald Trump announced that he intends to pull out of the Paris Climate Agreement, the implication was that the United States would join Syria and Nicaragua as the only nine signatories of the accord. By the first day of the COP23 conference in Bonn, Germany, news was that Syria and Nicaragua will be joining the rest of the world to sign the Paris Climate Agreement, leaving the United States as the only non-signatory. Join me as we join the African Civil Society Group as they give clarity on some of the issues affecting Africa and their first, at their first press conference. You are welcome to this press conference. My name is Augustine Jamshi. I am the chair of the Political and Technical Affairs Committee of the Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance, which is a network of several hundred networks in Africa working on climate and environmental justice. We're having our press, first press conference today to give a feel of what we're expecting from this uh, 23rd session of the UNFCCC. We have on the panel people representing all the sub-regions of Africa. I come from Cameroon, from the Central African sub-region. On my immediate right, we have Mitika Moinda, the Secretary General of the Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance from the Eastern African sub-region. And then next to him, we have Ms. Rain from the Sudanese Youth on Environment Network, and uh, she represents the Northern African sub-region. On my immediate left, we have Rebecca from the Tanzanian Forum on Climate Change, East Africa again. And then we have Reverend Dr. Jala from the West African region, representing the Faith and Justice Network. Without much ado, ladies and gentlemen, we'll give the floor to the Secretary General of Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance, Mitika Moinda, to read our press statement. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Agustin. I'll just do what I've been requested to do. First, the reading the civil society 
statement on our demands. It is titled The Ultimate Choice, and we want to ask delegates here seated uh, uh, in this um, uh, conference whether government, civil society, academia, or any, that you are either with the people and the planet or with the Trump and his associating profit. We, the African Civil Society, attending the Bonn Climate Change Conference hosted by the government of Fiji, wish to articulate our concerns about the emerging threat to the implementation of the Paris Agreement and single out the statement of the delegation of the United States of America during yesterday's opening ceremony. Though the statement uh, uh, by various delegations, particularly from the industrialized countries, did not signal anything norm from normal in raising ambitions to reduce emissions, the sarcastic statement of the United States points to a threat of the reversal of the minimal progress we have already attained. The U.S. delegation was confident, quote-unquote, recalling its country's decision to withdraw from Paris Agreement but stressed intent to continue engagement, including in the laying the foundation for guidelines for implementing the Paris Agreement. To us, this was actually an insult. We want to reiterate our disagreement with parties handling the United States with hide gloves. The U.S. intention, learned by the climate denier-in-chief, President Donald Trump, is poisonous to the negotiations. The Trump agenda is to dismantle the Paris Agreement the same way they did with the Kyoto Protocol. Time has come when the global uh, community should be brave enough and call a spin a spin and not a big spoon. It is the time to put Trump and his government where they belong not to the community of nations. It is thus our submission that delegates keep out Trump and his government out of the negotiations of the Paris Agreement. We warn that keeping the U.S. in negotiations will be dangerous in the long run as the intention of President Trump is to cultivate a coalition of climate deniers and with its economic mighty, anything is possible. Let us not give him the platform to rock the boat from within. Within this COP23 negotiations, we will circulate petitions to kicking Trump out of negotiations and call upon like-minded people from both North and South, from governments, civil society, and others, indigenous people, private sector, academia, UN agencies, and anybody concerned about the health of the planet and the survival of humanity to join us in this struggle against Trump, profit and his profligate lifestyle that has poisoned the, uh, the planet. We decided to dedicate this press conference to specifically addressing the Trump effect in negotiations. More details of our other demands can be found in our demands which will be circulated soon after this press conference. Thank you. Thank you very much.
Thank you. Thank you, Mitika. The Trump effect is already affecting Africa. And the way it's affecting the smallholder farmers and especially women on the continent is so much. We'd like to hear from Rebecca from the Tanzanian Network Forum on Climate Change. Uh, thank you very much. <clears throat> I just want to emphasize on the realities on the ground. We are the people experiencing the uh, impact of climate change. The cost of our vulnerability is so high, so much so that the poverty in the older efforts to address poverty is in vain. The decisions which are made at this level affect us directly. Uh, in the, and we are paying the highest cost. Following the negotiations, we don't see it coming. We don't see our practical and reality addressed at, at this level. Uh, we are here to demand those who have positions to make decisions, to make sure that the realities on the ground are addressed at this level. Our narration will never change because we experience it. We feel it. We see people dying. We see our cows dying. Our livelihood are at stake. So we will never stop. The narrations will never change until the change is happening at this level. So we are here to see it. The decisions which are made at this highest level are really reflecting the realities on the ground. Thank you, Rebecca. Ladies and gentlemen, the world community is bound together by some ethical and moral values. The action or inaction of Trump is also affecting that. We'd like to hear from Reverend Dr. Jella. Thank you very much. Let me record the victims of natural disasters over the last year which is the indication of inaction of many of the industrialized countries. We see sea level rise, sea temperature, intense hurricane, and drought ceasing in all parts of the world, especially in Africa. We must now take concrete steps to ensure that the Paris Agreement structure is completed its impacts and strengthen, and it goes achieved in a timely manner to save the planet Earth. We must challenge the notorious behavior of the U.S. withdrawal of the Paris Agreement. They have pulled out, yet U.S. wants to continue on engagement, including the leading down of foundations for the guidelines for the implementation of the Paris Agreement. This is morally and ethically incorrect, especially when they have failed to deliver on the pledge of commitment on the balanced payment of two billion. We believe now that COP23 needs to achieve progress on loss and damage financial support for the implementation of the Paris Agreement and advanced global climate action agenda with a more transparent framework. It must address the commitment of finance, technology transfer, capacity building, and address the issue of loss and damage. Thank you.
Ladies and gentlemen, in Africa we say, when the monkey is climbing the tree, the young ones are watching carefully. So the actions of our leaders of today have an impact on the young people. Trump effect is going to affect, bring up more climate deniers, not only in the US, but all over the world. So we need to have the viewpoint of a young person that is here who would like to tell us how this his behavior or the action from America can affect the education of the young people. Thank you. Ms. Ryan. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm here to clearly demand intergenerational equity. It's us youth who will suffer the most from the irreversible, horrible impacts of climate change in the future if we didn't act now. It's us youth that we don't know if we will have a future to live and to raise our children and to use the resources in the planet or not. It's us also youth, the most vulnerable age and uh, category of the people to climate change. In fact, we demand us as youth parties to commit more and to raise the ambitions uh, in mitigation and uh, in lowering the CO2 emissions. Actually, it's very crucial for us to know and to trust that we will have a future to live as older generations did. Actually, elder generations used resources, natural resources, in not wise way. They pollute the, the, uh, the earth and the planet. And some individuals wish to continue to do the, so, the same as uh, Donald Trump wished so. And for us, it's not possible. And we will not allow this to happen. Also, uh, it's very important for us to know that the youth all over the world can work united to uh, attend and also to be there for the climate action and solidarity. Uh, the good news for us as youth is although Donald Trump and his government trying to deny the climate change and also do uh, the reverse of the Paris Agreement spirit, People of United States, and especially youth of United States, uh, they think the opposite. And I actually met a few here in this COP, and uh, they are very considered about their uh, country and about Earth, especially after the natural uh, disasters happened in USA, uh, like Irma and other stuff. So this wake them up and... Uh, this also was a very huge evidence that the climate change impact will not only affect us, it's going to affect them, I mean Americans also. And from here, I send a message for them and a request for alliance with us, United, to make some changes in their government opinion about climate change and Paris Agreement and to reach uh, some satisfaction 
about uh, their emissions uh, of the CO2. Also, from here, I send a message for the parties. Please, uh, I, I especially ask from the developed countries' parties to raise their ambitions and to be more committed to the indices and to the Paris Agreement implementation and the hopes for the world and the children and the youth. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Nisreen will continue to educate our people. Yes, sure. And young people to say that climate change is real. By the way, in Africa, they are seeing it. They are not learning from books. But because on a daily basis, they are being impacted by the effects of climate change, they will have to continue to learn and say that climate change is real. So we need to take action. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has now come for questions and comments from the floor. Please, if you have a question, just stand up, tell us your organization, and then address the question. Thank you. Um, I'm Michael Wadley. I'm an Oscar winner, a scientist, and also a journalist and a reporter. I want to ask all of you about the idea of principles, especially the Reverend and Matika. Um, my mother told me that I should clean up the mess I made. She shouldn't clean it up. Nobody else should. This cop, and for uh, 25 years, has lacked the principle of responsibility for emissions. You can cut anything you want in increasing your ambition. Shouldn't we, all of us, support the principle that if you emit it, you cut it, proportional to what you do? So that would mean clean up your own mess. I can tell you many scientists support this, including uh, African scientists. So if you agree, tell me that you agree. If not, why not? And the idea is clean up your own mess, cut what you cause as a formula for Paris to work. What do you I think we agree, and we agree more than that. In Africa, we believe that no matter how rich you are, you should not make the poor people to clean up your mess just because they're poor. So it goes beyond what you are saying. We agree with you. Thank you. And let me hand that uh, we have um, actually part of um, various efforts to pushing for the uh, equity-based positions. And um, I remember some couple of years ago, we, and, uh, we were pushing for CBDR, um, uh, where we wanted to see how various uh, countries are going to take uh, commitments on, on the emission reduction based on their, 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 their levels of development in such a way that even if you are rich and you are in, in the developing country, you are going to take action based on their, your levels of consumption and production. That's a debate which we have been pushing. I think we, we, are, we are at the forefront of doing that even if you know the issue of climate change is an economic issue and you know that is why U.S. and its allies are cutting around not they do not want to take action because they know what the mess they have caused and the the the, uh, the amount of money they are going to pay as reparations for us the poor people and the developing countries particularly in africa if they take that con uh, action commensurate with their actions it is fundamentally wrong that the poor people continue to bear the brunt of the action of the industrialized nations especially the u.s and their allies this is injustice, and this is why we stand up to challenge the withdrawal of the U.S. from the Paris Agreement and say, this is wrong. Morally and ethically, 
you have to make the change because the poor people are suffering from your action historically. So you have the historical responsibility through the model of production and consumption pattern. This needs to reverse because it's affecting poor people. And this is unacceptable. Uh, I am Mamadou Mbouj from uh, Nature Friends Senegal. You, you know, I'm getting angrier and angrier when I hear certain comments. Certain mess have been done by some people we know from the global north. They have to come and clean it up. And I sometimes compare what's going on around this world like a crime against humanity. Crime against a part of the humanity. It's not because we are poor that we are not... Uh, um, I don't know how to say that in good English. I'm coming from a French-speaking country. Dean, uh, that mess caused by that global north must be repaired. And now, tomorrow it's late. We've talked a lot. I mean the diplomatic chatting going around for more than 25 years. It's enough. What we need is action. We've seen a lot of dead people walking in Africa. No life. Stopped. And you, I don't understand quite uh, well your comments but it seems to say that clean what you have the dirt you have put at home first we haven't we have contributed to less than four percent and some other countries are continuing to destroy our forests in the congo basin china more uh, destructive than what have happened in the past in a very near future our continent is going to be empty so let us unite. I'm very happy to, for the first time, to meet this circle of people fighting for climate justice. Let's start at home. Maybe once home, I will also say about what's wrong at home. Our leaders are also sometimes responsible to what's happening here. They are not fighting enough. They are not resistant. So civil society of Africa, let's unite and fight and show the other part of the world that we are not going to let the world walk on us. Thank you very much. We're on the same page with him. And uh, it goes beyond, you know, what we say in conference uh, halls here. Since 2008 in South Africa, the Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance said it is immoral, unethical to set fire on a man's house and give him a loan to build it or sell him the technology to put up the fire. Africa is not asking for any help. People have caused this problem. And we can't keep treating them with soft gloves as uh, we read in the press statement. We learn from the Paris Agreement is an affront to common sense. And we cannot just treat it as if it is normal. That's why we are calling the world community that if America has decided to keep up the uh, Paris Agreement, they should not be in the hall to determine the guidelines on which it has to be operated. It's not correct. So uh, we, we, we're on the same page. Is there any other question? My name is Manjo Palati. I'm from Climate Home. Um, at the CPI, which is the uh, Climate uh, Policy Initiative, has published uh, their annual, annual report where they claim that um, now the cost of, um, of technology is actually, uh, of, of renewable energy has dropped, which is why you know climate finance has actually dropped by 12% in the last financial year. I'd actually like uh, your response on that, or whether you actually 
agree that the reason why climate finance or funding that goes to climate projects is actually dropped is because of the dropping um, of, uh, you know, climate technology or there could be other reasons. Thank you. Yeah, those are the other outrageous uh, reasons given for inaction. My colleague, uh, Raymond Thibon, uh, Tolbert Jala, has already told us that the U.S., which was supposed to deliver under Obama administration, three billion U.S. dollars, is already reneging on that because Donald Trump has said he is not delivering that. What about others? That's why we are saying that, you know, we may not, we may not have many Trumps. Finance is a very important uh, uh, means of implementation. And if you don't deliver finance, through many ways, it's not only that it's reducing, it's because of double counting. They say that uh, they have delivered, and when you go to OECD report, you realize that it is just the same commitment under, uh, under official development assistance, which is translated and meant that this is climate finance. And these is things we are abhorring and saying that should not happen. And so we are saying Trump may be very candid to say, yes, I'm withdrawing. But what about you who is pretending that you are taking action? Yes, you are not delivering on your commitment. Padja did some study on the first start finance some, uh, 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 after Copenhagen. They end committed 10 billion US dollars as, as, uh, 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 for developing country. But a very, a very quick study of that revealed that actually this money was not delivered. It was double counting, uh, uh, funding, climate irrelevant investment by industrialized countries. So I think these tricks should be stopped. listening to Agro Africa coming to you from Channel Africa the African perspective in Johannesburg South Africa in the program this week we are talking about the COP 23 United Nations conference on climate change United Nations conference on what will come out of this conference when the world is against the Trump administration on this issue There are many recognized African breeds of domestic goats. Goat breeds, especially dairy goats, are some of the oldest defined animal breeds for which breed standards and production records have been kept. Selective breeding of goats generally focuses on improving production of fiber, meat, dairy products and goat skin. Breeds are generally classified based on their primary use, though there are several breeds which are considered dual or multipurpose goats. To talk about these and other issues in African goat breed improvement, Channel Africa's Wandile Kalipa speaks to Kiabetswe Ngube from South African Agricultural Research Council at the margins of the African Goat Improvement Network workshop recently in Johannesburg, South Africa. My name is Kiabetswe I am based here with the Agricultural Research Council Biotechnology Platform under the um, Animal Genomics Group working on goat genomics and genetics. I'm currently registered uh, for my PhD in University of KwaZulu-Natal. 
Uh, I'm doing PhD genetics. Yeah. Um, the Agen Five is a African Goat Improvement Network. So what we do is that um, we come together. It's people from different countries. So we work mainly on the improvement of livestock, focusing on goats. And then the workshop is hosted by. Okay, it's an annual workshop going to different countries each year. And this year, South Africa is very um, blessed and fortunate to be the host of the Agen Five of yeah for 2017. So the Agen Five also has uh, what we call community-based breeding programs, which we engage the community. So us, um, the scientists, we come together and do some studies on the goals the, and see how we can genetically improve the goals that we have and then we come together with the agent and discuss the community-based breeding programs on how we can help um, the communities especially the smallholder um, communities to help improve their livelihoods and their livestock so that they can use the livestock to help themselves in with issues of food security and then also be able to live from the income that they get from the goats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is it that in particular you are improving when it comes to the goats? We are focusing mainly on growth performance and meat quality. We are looking at, because when you look at the a flock, some of them they are growing very slow some of them they are growing very fast and in south africa as a whole we have about four registered meat breeds which is the south african boar kalahari the savannah and then we also have um, the uncharacterized village goats so we want to work with the uncharacterized village goats because they high performing goat in South Africa is the South African boer and when we look into the history of the South African boer for it to become a high performer they used the uncharacterized village goats to develop it over the years so that's what we want to do we don't want to develop another South African boer but then we want to use what the communities have which is their uncharacterized village goats and help them to improve the, the growth performance so that they can have bigger breeds that are not so um, genetically modified so we want to teach them to naturally perform fast through selection methods mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so talking about uh, the growth when, when it comes to these issues of uh, genes mm-hmm. how do you identify the level of growth of some of these goats with regards to their genes as to this one is for breeding and the other one is would be for meat or whatever purposes. Okay, so what we do, we go around and then we sample, we collect blood from different goats and then our most recent study we also collected meat samples from the animals so we take um, that blood and then the meat samples and we do some genetic analysis so we've done um, what we call principal component analysis which is um, 
an analysis that shows you the purity of the animal together with admixture so you take the genetics and then you like you run the analysis and then it will show you on the computer when you do your visualization how pure the animal is so that's the first thing that we look at the purity of the animal but then we also take into consideration that um, the purity of the breed is um, a combination of a lot of things so we we look at that so we use the blood uh, we use dna we use rna sequence analysis um and then we have the machines here at the arc biotechnology platform that help us to go deeper into those studies and then as we okay recently we also ran a trial to see that if the goats are here because there are other questions that um when we say the sa boa is a high performer is it the issue of nutrition or environment or like what really goes into it because nutrition also plays a role so we collected all the different types of goats and then we raised them under the same conditions to to can see that is it only genetics or nutrition also plays a role and with that we end this edition of agro africa in the program we took you to born in germany where we heard a report by the African Civil Society Group led by the Pan-African Climate Justice Coalition. What will come out of the COP23 conference in Bonn, Germany, when the only challenge is the Trump administration, which seems to hold the key to the general consensus on the climate change debate? Should you like to comment on this program, do so by tweeting us on Twitter handle AgroAfrica with a K or email us on agroafrica at channelafrica.co.za. We are also on DSTV Audio Bouquet 802. Till next time, and for me, Sydney Katungapiri, I bid you goodbye.